Welcome to the Tice Talks with Dr. David Tice. Today we continue our series on the family with the topic of raising confident, godly girls. Our guests with Dr. Tice today are his wife, Anna, and his daughter, Faith Gelsler. Dr. Tice, welcome to your own program, sir. It's good to be here. <laughs> we are excited today because we have the, uh, I have the opportunity of, uh, as Crystal just said, of having my wife and my beautiful daughter with me, my second daughter, who is pregnant yes, with, I am. Our, with our next grandchild. I don't even know what number that is. Is that number 18 or 19? I started counting the other day. I think it's 18, but I don't want to leave anybody else, so I better go back and do some math. Okay. <laughs> well, we are. Uh, I'm excited about what we're talking about. I, I can remember years and years ago uh, before we ever had children wondering if, if it was going to be possible in the culture that we live in to raise kids to, 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 to serve the Lord. I, 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 my wife and I, who at that time was, um, was uh, she was just my fiance, but I thought, how in the world are we going to raise godly kids in an, uh, such an ungodly world? And things certainly haven't gotten any better in the last uh, 40 years. And so um, I know that there are other people who are concerned about raising their children for the glory of God in this kind of world. You, you have one sitting right across from you. That yes. would be me. <laughs> it's <laughs> now, terrifying thinking about, I mean, you just pop on Facebook or social media at all for just a few minutes and you think, oh my word, you have the TV on and you think, I don't want my kids exposed to this. You walk into Walmart. I mean, you drive down the street. There's just garbage everywhere. And you think this is... The type of thing that's being promoted is not something that helps Christians raise godly Christian girls. Even even in our newscast today, I mean, it used to be 30 years ago, if you watched a news program, at least there was decency in the news program. But now just anything, you can they, people talk about anything and they talk about it openly, unashamedly. And so how in the world do you raise godly, confident girls in a culture like today. I I uh, thought we'd start off today by talking about something that just recently happened with you, Faith. Tell us, tell us about your um, recent uh, event with uh, finding out about your baby. The baby. Okay, so my husband, John, and I, we have three little ones already. We have a seven-year-old little girl, a five-year-old little boy, and a three-year-old little girl. And we thought that baby number four would, you know, even out the teams a little bit, you know. And so everyone, I mean, everyone's telling me, oh, you're carrying up front. Oh, it's like a basketball. Oh, this is a boy. This is a boy. This is a boy. And, you know, either way, it turns out we're happy with the results. But I was just pretty positive we were going to have a boy because I thought that's easier. Two boys in one room, two girls in the other room. It works better with bunk beds, you know, all of that. What, what, let, let me just say this. What, let's talk about names because because <laughs> because I, I for, for years suggested to all of my children that if it's a boy, David is a wonderful name. And I yes. and then I've and then if it's a girl, Davida, Davida yes. would be an excellent name. Wait, wait, I got to jump in here, though. Why Davida? Shouldn't it be Anna, well, who we haven't actually introduced yet? She's sitting right here. So you got to chime in here. Shouldn't it be Anna? Just say yes or no. Should it be Anna? <laughs> <laughs> She's saying no. 
just saying no. I don't know why though. Anna's a beautiful name. So, that's frozen. because she, that's yeah. because she's very confident. She's a godly, confident woman. And she raised godly, confident women. But, but there's a man in this family who who just needs some encouragement. You've gotten lots of like shout outs from grandkids. You've got middle names everywhere. You have Clark David, you have John David, you have Lincoln David, but no first name yet. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, back to this story. So um, I asked my doctor at our last appointment, I said, would it be okay for the ultrasound um, when we do the anatomy of the baby? Could we bring in the kids? And she said, oh, sure, that'd be totally fine. So actually, we invited um, grandma to come along too. You were there, weren't you, mom? Yes. Can't hear you. You were there, weren't you, Mom? Yes, and it was a funny experience because they took this little tool and they started looking at her tummy. And, of course, they start at the bottom of the baby and go up. And whenever they start at the bottom of the baby, we see these little feet. And we say, oh, look at all those little toes. They're so cute. And then everybody said, it's a boy. And we yell in the the lady who's doing the exam the ultrasound the technician. ultrasound she's she says well we're gonna start at the top and she says and this is where it's hair and it's ears and then it comes back down to the bottom and she says and the we? whole time when we were there our five-year-old little boy is saying oh look at his ears oh look at his nose because we were all positive it was a boy <laughs> And by the time we found out the ultrasound, it was a little girl. Yes, come to find out the umbilical cord is what made us think it was a little boy. <laughs> but it wasn't. She did a different um, view. She moved the little, I don't know what it's called, looks like a remote across my belly. And you could see, oh, no, that's definitely a girl. And she said, see this? This is actually the umbilical cord and she explained to the kids that's what will be the baby's belly button later on and our five-year-old son's face was just shocked not disappointed but just like are you sure because I'm pretty positive I'm gonna have a little brother I thought I heard the word horrified but I'm not (laughs) (laughs) but I'm not sure that's what I heard that might have just been a nasty rumor well in our family there are a lot of girls my brother matt he has four girls and one boy my brother josh he has two girls and one boy oh Actually, wait could, I, I, I messed mean, that up matthew has three girls three girls and one sorry boy. are we gonna want to edit that or just keep it in yeah. okay let's keep going so matt has three girls and one boy josh has two girls and one boy neil and charity are two and two um but so when JD found this out, he was a little disappointed. He said, well, does this mean I don't get bunk beds? And we said, well, maybe you'll still get bunk beds. But then Jonathan, um, Josh's oldest, he's 16. He was so sweet. He calls up JD and he says, man, we just are going to have our own, our own boys only club. And all the boys who have only sisters, this is okay. We got a tough job. We got to protect these girls and we got to stick together. And I love the fact that even the brothers in this day and age, realize that they want to you know see the importance of protecting the girls and loving the girls and wanting the girls to grow up to be good godly confident christian women did you like that segue i just went right back so so girls 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 all throughout my house and in in fact i can remember when my two oldest boys matt and josh in fact my two only boys finally went off 
to college. They went, they went off to Pensacola Christian College to study for ministry. And when they left, I was left in the house with three girls, Charity, Faith, and Hope. And we had a, we had a pet dog who was a girl. And uh, I mean, everything. I'm surrounded by girls. You were so fortunate. Yes, I was. <laughs> I remember driving home uh, from church and not saying a word. Uh, and because I never got a chance to say a word because I, my back seat was filled with three girls and my wife was talking. And anytime, then I, if they did ask me a question, I, I forgot that they were actually talking to me, and I would get in trouble by all of them for not for Actually, not he would sit up front, and he would look right in my eyes, proud as he could be that they were all chattering and wanting his attention. So here's my question, though. Like, for those of us that know the Tices, we have charity, faith, and hope, and they're all blessed people, wonderful, angelic, godly, confident women. <laughs> But I'm guessing they didn't just pop out this way. Like something happened. So how did you actually raise confident, godly girls? Well, that's a good question since that's what this um, podcast is all about. So what do you do in order to, uh, to raise godly girls? Let me give you just a key first thing. And I, I think this is really important. And it's not something that we should uh, just take for granted. It is really important that as a man of God or woman of God, that you determined every single day that you're going to pray for your girls. It is, it, this is not just trying to say some pat answer. I, I think it's so important that we understand that we can do nothing without God, but we can do all things through God. It is important that we pray with our children daily. And it's important that your girls hear you pray for them. Let me ask you this, Faith. On, um, you, you heard me pray for you every day. How do you think that impacted your life? Oh, it was huge. I remember there would be nights where um, everybody would be asleep and in bed. And even if you thought everybody was in bed, you would still come in. And there would be nights that you would pray with us, whether we were in bed asleep or not already tucked in. And even knowing every single night, no matter if we're awake or we're asleep, Dad's praying for us. I mean, it makes you, one, it would just give me a peace um, at night knowing, okay, I'm safe. I'm tucked in bed. Dad's praying for me. God's watching out for me. And then just knowing that dad cares enough about me to pray for me and that he wants me to do what's right. I think hearing your parents pray for you and then just knowing that they're doing it on the side, it's huge. I think that it's important that we know what to pray for too. And what what I tell parents to particularly when it comes to praying for your girls, pray every day for their salvation. And then number two, pray for their moral purity. Pray that that God will keep them morally pure. When you pray for them to be pure, God will remind you every single day. You're watching something on TV. uh, Hey, that's not That's not something that's going to advance their purity. God will remind you day after day uh, about about keeping them pure. And then I prayed every day. I do this for my grandchildren now. I pray every single day for their husbands. I pray that God will give them godly husbands. And uh, you say, when do you start doing that? I'm praying for a godly husband for the girl that's in Faith's womb right now. Uh, we need to pray every single day. 
it's not only important that you pray individually, but my wife and I prayed together for our children on a daily basis. Anna, you want to comment on that? Uh, Yes, I think it's very important that the mom and the dad work together as a team. Uh, In our fast-paced society, the mom has a job, uh, the dad has a job, but many times the mom will see the need in the girl because she's a woman. And she'll, she can go, go to your husband and tell your husband, look, she needs a little bit of confidence today. Some girls at school told her that she looked chubby in that outfit or whatever. And so you can give your husband a heads up and encourage your daughter needs prayed for. She needs prayed for whenever she's being spoken to in a, in a bad way. I I I like to comment on that. I I would have a, uh, I I pray twice as much for my children because my wife says to me, "Hey, David, you need to pray for this particular situation or that particular situation," and and she reminds me, and we pray together. When she says that to me, we pray at night together for our children, our grandchildren. We pray for them. Um, we pray for them exact, right when she says, hey, there's a particular need, and, and you can make your husband aware of things. Beyond that, you as a, a godly woman need to pray for your, your children yourself. Uh, Faith, talk about that. Did you ever hear your mother pray for you? Oh, I did all the time. I remember walking into her room and seeing her in her bedroom with her prayer list out. And I remember one time, I, actually, the first time I remember actually interrupting her I was little and I walked in and I was asking for something and I said well what are you doing like why can't you just stop and you know kids demand why can't you get this for me right now and she said well right now I'm praying for you and I thought oh that's important (laughs) keep it up I guess I can pour my own cereal or whatever but going back to what uh, mom just said about the dad's reinforcing confidence and um, being able to come back and say um hey, honey, you need, she was told, she was bullied today. You know, somebody was making fun of her outfit or told her she was chubby or whatever. For me, I um, I had crooked teeth and I had acne. And I remember um, feeling awkward as a skinny little um, 13-year-old girl. But, you know, and teens, all teenagers, all kids, everybody, Christian or saved, unsaved, whatever, they can be snotty. And I just remember thinking, that's okay. My dad thinks I'm pretty. And it wasn't my dad just thinks I'm pretty. My dad would tell me I'm beautiful. He would point out in me the things that weren't just superficial, like you've got such pretty hair or you have such a pretty smile. He would tell me, um, you, you are such a good Christian. You are such a good big sister. You are such a good friend to those girls at church. There was, I heard, and he would encourage and say, um, I heard today from your Sunday school teacher that there was a visitor in church and um, she wasn't being sat by by anybody and you went over there and talked to her. And that just made you, when you're getting complimented by your dad, that makes you want to do it even more. You think, wow, I did something good and dad noticed it. I want to do it even more. And it's hard. I mean, I'm not sure if I think a lot of that also comes from mom saying, hey, dad, she needs what was just pointed out. Hey, dad, she did a great job with this today because I see that even in our home today because who's picking them up from Sunday school? 
not the busy dad who's doing stuff. It's the mom who's standing in line. So who's talking to the Sunday school teacher? It's the mom who's standing in line. The Sunday school teacher says to the mom, hey, they did a really good job in this. So then mom tells dad, hey, they did a good job in this. You should praise her for that. So then on the way home in front of all brothers and sisters, the little dorky 12-year-old is getting told how great she was and how smart she is and just even if that day wasn't a good day, she's getting the reinforcement from her dad and her mom together on, you're a good Christian, keep it up, we love you, God loves you, you're a unique, awesome, wonderful person, keep doing what's right. You know, when I, when I hear you talk about that, I think about how important it is that we, um, that we set before our kids a godly example. My, my wife was the example before our girls. They got to see uh, a, a role model in her. She was constantly encouraging me. She was constantly encouraging them. And she modeled before them what a godly woman was. Now, I think that's so, so important. And I think it's not just true for the mom, but I think it's important that we put godly role models in front of our children. Can you think of other people who were like godly role models for you? Oh, so many. I mean, I just think of different evangelist wives and pastor's wives. I think of Miss Bethley Young, the Vanamans, the Jacksons, um, the Rices, different people that we just grew up around um, that we just loved and encouraged. I can think of people at our church that I looked up to. I can think of Miss Patty. Um, I loved her all growing up. Um, just different people that worked in the offices that just were Christians who were serving the Lord. I remember Mrs. Um, Jan Shore, she was more like a big sister type of person. Whenever they started coming to the church, I was probably 12 or 13. And then I remember um, they got pregnant with their first baby and she was just this awesome lady who was loved music and that made me want to like music more and she just loved the Lord and everything she ever said to me was well you better obey your parents oh well you better obey your parents everything with her was you better obey your parents but it was fun because she was more big sisterish and the fact when she was pregnant with her baby she'd take her hand and stick her, um, my hand on her belly and say see that right there that's the baby's foot or that's the baby's elbow and Obviously, it put in me a love for babies to where now here we are again. <laughs> That's funny. Faith, what are some other things that we did in, in the home growing up that just made you want to grow up and serve the Lord? I remember all the time, anytime, whether it was getting Slurpees on the way home after church on Sunday night or watching a movie or um, having a really fun day. Um, after church and everyone's exhausted after a big day, you know, you have bounce houses and pony rides or whether it's going to Disneyland just on a family day, everything went back to, I don't know how many times I heard mom say this. Mom said, you know why we get to do this today? It's because we decided to obey Jesus. If you obey Jesus, you get to have a fun life. And it was something that through your whole life, you're thinking, I want to obey Jesus because I want to do what's right and I want to have a happy life. The way to have a happy life is by obeying Jesus. Now, it's not like the, you know, the, you don't want to mix in the, I don't know how, even how I'm saying this. This is probably going to get. That's the word, prosperity gospel. <laughs> but, but 
there is truth to that. The Bible says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. What's blessed mean? Happy. You know, you go through these things, you will have a happier life if you're choosing to do what's right. And so um, I remember that even when we went off to college and we started, um, you didn't let any of us girls date or seriously have boyfriends or anything till we went into college. And I remember that same thing. You keep the Lord first. You keep doing what's right. You honor God and your relationships. And um, he'll bless you for it. So, Dad, <clears throat> on dating and relationships, were you scared whenever us girls started, you know, looking and saying, oh, he's cute. Oh, he's we, handsome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can remember the first time I'm driving down the road in my in my car and Faith l- looks over at at uh, Charity and says, Charity, did you see that new guy? He was gorgeous. And I thought, girls refer to guys as gorgeous? What is <laughs> what is my daughter talking about when she says, this guy is gorgeous? And I remember thinking, man, I really, we need to talk uh, about, about this. And then and he it, looked like you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> well, then I knew he was gorgeous, and that scared yes. me. Then. The... Um, I remember uh, thinking they, uh, of course, their mom very early when they were, how old were they when they, you talked to them about guys and girls? Uh, we actually, um, it was an open flowing conversation ever since they were little. Anytime they had a question, I gave them as much information as I thought they needed for yes. that age. And then as they got older and older, when they entered puberty, then I explained everything about puberty. And I took out an encyclopedia with these overlapping pictures <laughs> and uh, explained everything to them. But Everything uh, was very factual. Yes. And you answered every question. Yeah. So, and, but and I think Age along, appropriately. <laughs> yeah. I think along this line, something that needs to be inserted here, too, is... It isn't just boyfriends. I think it's girlfriends, too, because I think girlfriends can drag them into a wrong relationship with a boy because girlfriends are what they have first. And the girls, they, they're not old enough to understand what's going on in life. And we aren't either, even though we're the adults. But we do need to help guide them because that's why we're the parents. And you can... If you see them with a wrong relationship with another girl, you just say, oh, you're, you two just aren't doing very well together. You don't blame your daughter. You don't blame the other person. You just say the two of you aren't doing well together and pull them away. And we pulled our kids away. And in order to know that this bad relationship is starting is, Mom, you need involved in their life. You need to be presently with them not just on your phone while they're in the room, but actually listening to their conversations. And um, and we didn't let them go to other people's houses overnight. And Those are like what you're that. saying is so good because you were present. We, if we had friends over, you were in the kitchen baking cookies with us. You were on the couch watching the movie with us. You heard all the conversations that were going on. And you can direct the conversations and you can actually help the other girls that may be being led astray by a movie or a book they read or whatever. It's so important. It's so important that we guard our children. It's so important we pray for them. We need to guard their friendships. We need to guard their uh, their 
their boyfriend relationships. I, I would tell our kids, and, and I'm telling, I want to tell you this, as, a, as a, a, a parent today, it is so unwise to allow children to be involved in a dating relationship until they're ready to get married. Years ago, somebody said to me, before I was married, every date is a possible mate, and I want to make sure that my children are protected from that. When they go to Bible college, when they, when they went off to Bible college, then we would say, you can, you can be friends with everybody, but if you start dating, I want to interview them personally. And so before a love bond, Listen, we have several uh, different uh, thoughts about this, and we're running out of time. Uh, it's important that we protect our children. It's important that we compliment them. It's important that we, uh, that we raise them in a way that they want to honor, and, uh, honor the Lord and serve him. I have a list of some 18 things that will help you uh, raise your children for the glory of God, to raise confident, godly girls. It's in an outline form that I've taught across this country. I'd be willing to send that to you if you just contact us at this podcast. Uh, Crystal, tell us, how can they contact us? How can they get in touch with us and so that we can send them this information? So they can just call our church office at 702-647-4522, and they can talk to either April or myself, and we can make sure that we get that uh, information to them. But before we before we go, what I was hoping we could do is from all three of you, if you could just give us uh, real quickly what would be your top three pointers for raising girls? If you could say one, two, three, I, I would tell anyone do this, this, and this with your girls. And these are these are keys that we have found we couldn't live without with raising our girls. And then we'll just wrap it up with there. But the church phone number is 702-647-4522 if you want to get the full outline with all 18 points. Because we'll just get in uh, nine real quickly here. <laughs> okay, so... Um First of all, there's obviously, I don't know everything. I'm still in the midst of it. Um, but I things that I noticed when my parents were raising us, there was one book that has been a big help to my husband and I, and it's um, by James Dobson, Focus on the Family. It's called Bringing Up Girls. And that book outlines a lot of the mom and dad's involvement. What do you do if you're a single mom and you're trying to raise girls? What do you do if you're a single dad and you're trying to raise girls? And the importance of instilling in them confidence and how much your words can build or tear down just a little girl all the way up through adulthood. Um, There's another book called Strong Fathers, Strong Daughters. That's been a help to me. But I think going back to what dad said initially, um, the biggest point would be to just pray constantly, begging God, pray individually, pray with your child, pray for your child by yourself, pray for your child collectively as a couple. I think prayer, so many things, and I've heard my parents say this over and over, and I believe it more and more as um, I'm just going through life as an adult, is the battle is won or lost through prayer. And I really believe that. So prayer is the biggest thing. Uh, To me, I think one of the main things I wanted my daughters to learn was to obey. I think that's the main commandment in Scripture that all children are required of God is to obey. Teach them to obey and to obey instantly and happily. And that's not an easy thing because... Even as an adult, I don't always obey God quickly and happily. And so we need to be patient with our kids and 
realize that a five-year-old is not going to quickly obey all the time. That's why you're present with them, not letting them get away with it. You make them obey consistently, clear up till they're 18 years old. I know that seems kind of uh, drastic, but they need someone to be their coach. Then uh, number two is, like I said before, be totally involved in their life. Be there. Be present. Uh, at times you may feel awkward, but be there because that's your job. God put you there as the mom, so be there. Be present. And number three, have fun. Now, my personality is not like some that like to just go out and have fun, but I like to have fun teaching them how to sew, teaching them how to cook, even teaching them how to clean. And uh, that can be fun is instruction, just spending time with your children. Wow, those are great things. In fact, uh, you've covered everything I was going to say. So what, what else am I going to say? I would say I wrote down here, number one, pray for them. Pray, pray for them. Pray for them because that is so, so important. Number two, I put down here, love them unconditionally. Let them know. You know, your children, if, you, if they know you are pursuing their hearts, they know that you are loving them. When your kids know that you love them, even when you may make mistakes in, in uh, raising them, they will love you because they know that you, what you do and what you care for them or how you care for them is based on your love for them. My children know that I'd rather be with them than anybody else in the world except their mother. Uh, I like being alone with their mother. Uh, but uh, if, if there's some place that we want to be, we always want to be with our children. Our, our, we have pursued our children's hearts uh, continually. Let them know you really, really love them. And then, like my wife said, have fun with them. Let ministry be fun. Let church be fun. Make it fun. Uh, uh, enjoy doing things. Enjoy playing with them. Play days, pray days, fun days, church days, everything. Fun, 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 fun. So that they grow up enjoying their life, not just thinking, oh, I can't wait till I get up and I grow up and I can get out of here. It's a sad thing that uh, I think it was Crystal that told me a little while ago that uh, 80% of people in evangelical churches, they grow up in, in church and then go off into uh, oblivion. Uh, your kids can grow up, live for Jesus, love Jesus, and serve Jesus if you make living the Christian life the greatest life in the world. So teach your girls that being a Christian is the greatest thing in the world. They'll want to find a Christian guy who they can enjoy their life with. If you know any young men like that, you can send applications also to our church office because Crystal is single. Pastor, my dad, will set up a whole interview process. It'll be great. But this is the end of episode two of the Tice Talks. In episode three, Pastor Josh Tice is going to be joining us to discuss raising boys to be leaders of men. Thank you today for joining us for Tice Talks, where it's more than a conversation.